Hello, Natasha. Hello, Damien. It's the Lowbrow Lowdown. The Lowbrow Lowdown. It's the Lowbrow Lowdown. Episode one. What is this? Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, I have been calling it the lockdown lowdown accidentally a lot. And I think it's just because my brain's in lockdown mode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our entire bodies are in lockdown mode. I, I've been calling, well, in my little notes, I've been LBLD. And it's like, oh, no, LD sounds like lockdown. It's um, <laughs> it's the same. Oh, yeah, it's just the same. Everything's the same. Every day is the same. Every minute. Uh, when I was creating the Twitter, <laughs> I, like, wrote out the name and went, oh, wait, no, lowbrow lowdown. <laughs> So we, we well, you know, that's a pretty accurate description of my kind of lockdown. Every lockdown, and I hate that there's been more than one. Um, I was talking to Liz last night. I was saying, yeah, it's just got to be a given at the start of every lockdown. I just go and buy a tub of ice cream and eat it that same night. <laughs> Our ritual has been <laughs> rituals, bad word. I know, uh, it's so bad. But it's been to. Um, it's been to order like fish and chips and gorge until you feel like shit. <laughs> so your physical uh, reality matches your emotional reality. Is that what? It is? Yeah, pretty much. And it's that you know the any good fish and chip shop when you order four potato cakes, you get six. Yes. <laughs> so it's sort of it's like a little win. I'm like it's it's locked down. Hey, look, they gave us two extra potato cakes. Because they think we're special. I hate lockdown. Oh, I'm so sick of it. (laughs) Anyway. All right. But one thing we can do in lockdown is read books. (laughs) It is. Um, Which is why we're here today. So I guess we should tell people what we're doing, which is that... (laughs) Reading terrible books. (laughs) We're reading terrible books. So this all came about because... We kept looking at self-published, I'm going to use the term novels very loosely <laughs> on yes. on Amazon and going, we really should read these. And so there's been all this kind of COVID slash lockdown fiction, mostly erotica. <laughs> Not all of it though, uh, as we'll discover. And yeah, you and I were like, we should read some of this and talk about it. <laughs> uh, and through, through that process... We somehow came to the idea of, well, let's do a podcast. If we're going to read these things mm. and zoom to each other and talk shit about them, we might as well do it into a microphone. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a fairly accurate description. Yeah. With <laughs> reading terrible books, I laughing guess... at them, uh, <laughs> and sharing the best uh, slash worst. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, hoping there's some sentences. good stuff in here. <laughs> like at some point. I mean, but really, I mean, this is just. You are being invited into our WhatsApp group at this point. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, shit. it's the uh, group chat writ large. Yeah. <laughs> so, our uh, group chat is shit. It I is. It, it pres- <laughs> gets me through. Honestly, any – sorry, just going to jump in. Lockdown uh, rituals, get yourself an amazing group chat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we hope that everyone has one at this point, but yeah. if you don't, Find someone you like talking shit with and talk shit with them. It's got me through a few days. Um, so where do we start? Our first book is called 
Do you want, do you want to take the honours? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's the uh, Cold Veer 20 Killer by Martin Lundqvist. Yeah. I've probably... I mean, I'm not going to be putting that. his name in anything because I don't want him to find us. <laughs> he's not going to listen to it, is he? Well, he's probably a neighbour. I don't know. <laughs> like, I get a vibe that he lives in Melbourne. Yeah, I, I looked a, him up. Did you? He's written, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I did looks... look at his blog and he's written a lot of coming out fiction except it's children who were forced to be gay coming out as straight. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So I should say that the theme of this first book is fucked. Look, I looked him up on Good Goodreads and he got, he's, got, he's written a lot of books. Not that that's, um, you know, insight into quality. Um, oh, he does. He really goes for this kind of quantity over quality approach. Mm. Um. <laughs> he sort of, he does these epic kind of, you know how Dickens wrote, was it Oliver Twist? He wrote it in installments and was released as an editorial. And so the story kind of uh-huh. wends in this really strange way because, uh, you know, he was like writing it and then going, oh shit, the month is nearly up. I need to like submit another chapter. <laughs> and so Oliver's going to, he's going to end up in the poorhouse now. He yeah. does these kind of online published long form chapter stories where every month or week or whatever he publishes a chapter. Mm. And look, I didn't read it all. No. You kind of get that, you know, unprepared, just writing as he goes. This is the first draft. Yeah. Look, this this feels very much like a first draft of something you'd write while really drunk, I guess. Um, what, what, should we, should we get, what's the premise should, yeah, of, let's the, into of the story? It. So, I mean, my first sentence is Nathan is a homophobic parody of a hipster. <laughs> well, pretty that- much. I, it's, it's that thing of, you know how they say write what you know? Well, this man has not followed that advice in writing <laughs> this character. I think mm. what he's done is he's absorbed a lot of right-wing media. I get that sense, yes. And then <laughs> he's created this character named Nathan something or other, and I did write down his name, but I've already Mortimer. Mortimer. Oh, yeah, Nathan Mortimer. So the premise is. Yeah, that's where I'm at. The cold vir cold 20 virus, the cold virus, um, just because it's a cold. Yes, the cold virus. 20. Which it's, in itself is a pretty good indication of where Martin might sit with. Yeah, um, <laughs> with the, the, anyway. the, the current pandemic um, that we're in is um, causing Melbourne to be in a Chinese Communist Party-style regime through lockdown. Mm. Um, I I say CCP because he says CCP He absolutely says CCP. It's gross. So Nathan's grandma died. Sorry, Nathan's grandma died of the cold virus. It is a good opening to a story. He opens on a death. Which is a good way to kind of it is actually, no, drop right. the reader it's a, it's a, in and go, yep. you know, my grandmother just died. And it's kind of, it's a really good emotional moment. It can help you to get to know a character really well. Mm, and mm, to mm. some degree, he has done this. Um, he doesn't sort of do that thing where you're like, you know, a really good writer kind of makes you feel what the character's feeling. He just sort of tells you that yeah, there's a lot of grandmother, mm. Emma, is dead. 
um, who mm. grew up in a communist country um, and had a funny accent is the way that he describes mm. it. Yes. Um, was, it yeah. was like the second paragraph, uh, let's just dive straight into racism. But <laughs> Pretty much. He'd never been close to his grandma because she had a thick accent. Would- I think. There's a terrible reason not to be close to your grandma. (laughs) But is this his, like, interpretation of what a left-wing inner city... We should talk about Martin. Martin. Martin? Nathan. 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 Who is left-wing, has a green beard, pink hair, um, is on Centrelink. Yes. Lives in Brunswick, which Mm. is incredible for someone on Centrelink. Um. (laughs) Drinks a lot of soy lattes. He, there are like seven soy, soy lattes in 22 pages, which is incredible. <laughs> yeah, so many soy Like lattes. someone it on is. Centrelink going out for a coffee, let alone living in Brunswick, is just... Mm, mm, this guy doesn't mm. know how much money you get on Centrelink, obviously, because he thinks it's a lot more than it is. <laughs> well, if he reads uh, right-wing uh, publications, he probably thinks it is a lot more than what it really is. His grandmother dies and... I guess he's upset with the doctor. Oh, it, it all sort of hinges on this line where he says, I just thought I, I'd have a lot more time. She was so young. And the doctor says well, she was 95. And she had all of these uh, other diseases. She had all these <laughs> comorbidities. Cancer, kidney failure. And, um, you know, one might see them referred to as comorbidities. But then he's upset because the doctor was the way that it's framed was, is like I don't believe in your medical science I believe in marxist miracles ideology or something it was yeah no sorry I'm going to jump to that page oh that's right I don't believe in miracles I only trust in marx ideologies the science and gender neutral bathrooms that's it such a strange <laughs> sentence Oh, it's probably a good time to point out because the way that this guy writes dialogue is he writes their name, a colon, and then the dialogue. <laughs> it's so terrible. There's no, like, working so, it in. Yeah. It, I mean, it's easy to follow who's saying what, at it least. Is. So, Nathan, you know, he's made it easier doctor. on the reader, the poor reader. The um, poor reader. Um, but so he's upset. He's, I guess his his whole sort of idea then is that he needs to kill people i don't really know how he gets to killing people there's there's a list of patients that have cold virus 20 (laughs) so no no the reason he is avenging the death of his grandma somehow who died of cold virus he he's killing young people oh no that's right he was watching the presser um no, that came later. So No, that came later. Sorry. Yes, yes. <laughs> this story is so stupid <laughs> and confusing. doesn't make any sense. So he um, sees a list of people who've been diagnosed with cold virus. He steals the list, which is amazing in a hospital well, that's right, right now. He, his eyes caught the, yeah, caught the list. Just hanging on a wall. Just hanging up in public. <laughs> just a list of people that had tested positive in Brunswick, Victoria. How convenient. And... <laughs> He then takes that list. I think maybe to find maybe to find the person who'd infected his grandma. Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, I, act, I just found the, the line. Nathan grabbed the list, determined to find his grandma's murderer. Oh, right. Oh, murderer, right. Wasn't just, okay. Yep. Right, okay. 
Um, and then immediately we are introduced to our next sort of major character in this <laughs> this twenty two word um, twenty two word twenty two page novel, um, <laughs> who was the state premier Danielle Anders. This guy's creative. I'll give him that. Like he is. Where where did he come up with this name? <laughs> no, it's amazing. Um, yes, dictator Danielle. Yeah, just doing that known. gender flip is you know. It's pretty incredible. Mm. I'm just going <laughs> to, while we're on that, I was, I, I did read from start to finish, including the um, opening, the the blurb page or whatever, and that little sentence about um, resemblances to living persons is entirely a coincidence. I, just... I mean, <laughs> it might work for law and order. I don't know if it works for this. <laughs> It absolutely does not work. Considering really the next person inter- introduced in the next sentence is the chief medical officer, Professor Button. <laughs> it's honestly, it's oh. the stupidest thing I've ever read. I am dumber for reading this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But essentially <laughs> the whole like, this is like, I won't want to say, it's like an A and a B storyline. So we've got this kid who's, grandmother has died and now he's going to murder he's going to avenge her murder except that she died of a virus in a pandemic (laughs) and then the b storyline is that the premier is trying to create a ccp style state dictatorship yeah and is doing it by making up deaths from a completely harmless virus yeah, a cold. <laughs> a cold, a cold virus, yes. 20. Yeah. I mean, I got the sense that, um, yeah, that Danielle Anders and Professor Button uh, are just joyful liars, are just so happy with the state of affairs that they're lying and they're happy and want people to die from a cold or be told it's the, the glee with which they approach their presses is uh, disturbing. <laughs> yeah, and then, the look, the presser is inconsequential. The whole idea is there's a journalist called Alana Tones. <laughs> I mean, he's, Yes, he's the, the Premier's Sky News rival. Which also doesn't make sense. Does not make sense, yes. But they've, they've worked out that the number of elderly people who died last year was 650 and that's the exact number of people they said died of cold virus 20. (laughs) It's just like, oh, it's so bad. It's just so bad. Um, (laughs) But it it creates this inciting incident for um, dictator Danielle, as he calls her throughout this book. (laughs) that she has to um, now kill young people so that Mm. they can show that young people are dying of the virus because that's the only way that she can create her communist regime. So as luck would have it, when Nathan stole the list of people who'd been diagnosed with the cold virus who live in Brunswick, he also stole poison which (laughs) was conveniently labelled, hold on, I wrote this down and now I have to find it. I don't, I don't remember when he stole the poison. He stole scrubs from the hospital. He stole scrubs and then he stole, ah, where is it? Uh, is on, on the side of the syringe it said cold ver 20 treatment for elderly. 
<laughs> Later, he replaces that with a label that says "Good Smack, bra." <laughs> Oh, Tell me you know, you're like you've you've never dealt with a person who uses smack without telling me you've never dealt with a person yeah. who uses smack. Um, <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, just, um, um, so yeah, so he's like got this list and conveniently he's out to kill young people with the virus. Yeah, no, no, he received an epiphany while he was watching the premier, uh, watching yes. the presser and he decides to murder all of the young people to prove the virus was dangerous to everyone. Uh. So somehow Premier Danielle Anders and Nathan's uh, goals are the same. Yeah, it's this, like, divine intervention has occurred. (laughs) And so he shows up at someone's house who happens to be a public servant um, (laughs) and so obviously so lazy and doesn't know the meaning of a hard day's work. Um, <laughs> he's a cushy government job where he can work from home. He doesn't have to work while yeah. he's got and COVID. That's oh, why he's called the a cold virus. <laughs> and so <laughs> he shows up and he's like, <laughs> he shows up Lies. in scrubs. <laughs> Pretending to be delivering a cure. Who walks around in scrubs? No one walks around in scrubs, or nurses do. <laughs> no, but outside <laughs> the hospital. Healthcare professionals walk around in scrubs, but they, in the middle of a pandemic, they tend to not. <laughs> um, Shows up in scrubs and he's like, I'm going to inject you with this. And the guy objects briefly and then he says, well, no, as a public servant you have. <laughs> it, Jeffrey says, but I don't want to get cured. I have a cushy and well-paid government job where I can work from home as long as I don't test negative for cold fur. Having a slight cold is better than working. And Nathan says, as a government employee, you must take new new <laughs> experimental drugs to help the premier. Eradicate cold virus. Oh, and but Jeffrey Importantly, how, how does he know that the the... The syringe, which says treatment for the elderly, contains poison because he's like, I, he's in a monologue right now, is saying he knows that it contains poison. <laughs> Where did he learn that? Mm. So he's committed his first murder, but importantly, the next person to murder is someone who gets mentioned earlier, which is a sex worker named Emily, who lives right. in the in like the Grand Chancellor Hotel. One of the hotel quarantine yes, hotels. Which mm. and is um has made five thousand dollars. <laughs> which I was like, this guy doesn't know how much sex work costs. <laughs> oh no, and he tells us later it's ninety-nine dollars an hour. But <laughs> <laughs> freebies for security guard workers. Freebies <laughs> But importantly, he um, he shows up in the scrubs at the Grand Chancellor and is turned away. Mm, mm. So he goes to a dollar store, a distinctly <laughs> American term, not yeah. one we use in Melbourne, uh, and buys a black T-shirt so that he can break in as a security guard. And he creates like a fake WhatsApp conversation. <laughs> like did, it's very topical. Like he's really like hitting all the... Extremely topical, yes. Hitting no, all I did of like the, that. Um, hotel quarantine. <laughs> well, hated it. But did like it. I thought, well, yeah, no, he's. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of anger in this book <laughs> <laughs> and sarcasm. 
But we do get our next racism. It's one of those things. It's it's racism because he sort of makes this really big effort. He did it earlier with the doctor. It wasn't a doctor. It was a female doctor and Mm. then a nurse. And it's like, well, is Mm. the nurse female? Like, why do we need to know who the doctor is? Mm. And it's the same thing. He's speaking to a police officer and then he goes gets into the hotel dressed as a security guard by wearing a black T-shirt and immediately sees a Middle Eastern security <laughs> guard named Abdullah. And it's just like, so, it's just so we're just randomly calling out the race and gender of people, you know, <laughs> when it's convenient to show that we dislike them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, because the police officers who try and stop him going into the hotel. I'm going to sound like such a wanker, but it's Bart's ex-nomination. Uh, like, it, it is this thing that he assumes that by not naming mm. the race or gender of of someone, we will all assume that they're white and male and, mm. and fine, upstanding yeah. citizens. But he'll point out the race and gender of people he wants us to be wary of. Mm. Like, Thanks, mm. mate. It's funny because I probably have the the masters in. It's not technically gender studies, but there was some gender studies in it that this guy is <laughs> so concerned about. Which brings me to my important point: he goes to kill the sex worker, mm. and she thinks he's a security guard and says, "I can give you a fifteen minute freebie." Freebie. The previously described homosexual is actually a virgin and decides that he should lose his virginity before he. Is he a, a homosexual? Oh, they described I don't think, him. I, no, or is it just his I grandmother called him a poofter? No, his grandmother called uh, called him effeminate. Which, I mean, which is code, but it's not necessarily. Someone does call him a poofter later. Then. Oh, does she? Oh no, it's not her. It's the um, it's the people at the commission housing. Soon to come, commission housing. <laughs> um, but. My favourite part is that he's like, and he didn't know how he could reconcile it in his mind because he did gender studies and it's reprehensible to visit a lady of the night. And it's like, well, you don't know I what people do in gender studies, do you? <laughs> I mean, look, I'm going to hazard a guess that this Martin writer uh, writes about a lot of stuff he doesn't know um, and he's unashamed of that. Good yeah. on Yeah, write what you See? know, people. It's um, helps you not look stupid. <laughs> Um, it look it is pacey. Like we have talked about this book longer than it takes to read it so far. The, oh my god, it was so such a quick read. Uh, it's possibly a quick read because he's just like, and then this happened. Because <laughs> yeah. after there he wasn't t- <clears throat> not much in uh, visuals happening. It was just like, oh no, he's just written it all out. It's just so boring. It's like a script <laughs> treatment kind of. You know, mm. like, oh, I'm just, like, writing out the whole story to show you what happens and then we'll use that as a blueprint to then write something actually good, mm. which might be a stretch. <laughs> but I guess what, he kills Emily, the sex worker. He kills Emily. He smothers her with a pillow. After, yeah, after he finishes. <laughs> after he finishes, after he becomes no longer a virgin. He then has more syringes with the poison and changes the for the elderly like I really Label. missed when he stole all of these poisons. I, Actually, no, the poisons there. were opium overdoses. So, when did I, that happen? No, no, I caught sight of that <clears throat> a little bit earlier uh, in the conversation between Daniel Anders and Professor Button. Right. So, does he know that it's poison? Is he just? He knows it. Does he knows he it think will the kill them? I don't. 
he, he seems to have not expressed what it is or thought about it. It's just. It was just going in hopeful that this thing that's labelled as a cure <laughs> will actually kill people. Yeah. So it's extremely unclear how he came to that. Or did he stick those labels on himself? I mean, who the fuck knows? Well, he's now replaced the label from For the Elderly with oh, that's Good right. Smack that's Bra. <laughs> smack Bra. Oh, Which he that's then... Right. Oh, no, that's right. He says, yes. Should we, should we get into when he goes to the... um The commission house. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's me... important to say um... just very quickly, um, Professor Button and... Danielle Anders are celebrating with red wine now. Yes, that's right. Um, and very quickly, <laughs> Professor Button, very sad about Emily dying because he frequented her services. Yeah, and, um, best customer. <laughs> yeah, and is possibly the reason why there's so much cold virus around. Um, mm. But he quickly says that our facial recognition software. <laughs> and here's the thing. Facial from the sky drones, they knew who he was. <laughs> <laughs> this like dystopian future like this is my favorite thing about conspiracy theorists is like they fully believe that this technology exists. like my phone still can't recognize me i do that thing where you have to move <laughs> your face around and like oh, look like an me. idiot with it yeah. so to recognize my face and then once a week it's like i have no idea who you are like mm. that there's a mm. drone flying around <laughs> So he's on his way to the commission housing. He has this incredibly wealthy grandmother. You assume Mm. that his parents were wealthy enough to send him to a expensive school, but he Mm. went to school with people who live in this commission housing. As someone who went to a public school, you know, the wealthy kids didn't go to the public school. (laughs) They went to like. They did not. They. I went to a lot of public schools. Well, so he gets into the tower. By mm. speaking to a cop and having this very weird confrontation where <clears throat> the cop knew him on site, <laughs> knew him on site, which is amazing. <laughs> but amazing. also then um, he was like, "I'm I'm here to give people." I, and I I understand that he's like framing this as like, "Oh, it's like aren't they snowflakes?" kind of way, where he's like, "I have to." I have to deliver drugs so that people don't die coming down. And um, well, he sort drugs. of he gets up there. He's um, it's a very interesting interaction with mm. the Sharika brothers. It doesn't seem like they were friends, but they knew each other. Like, like they recognized home? him on site. They... No, they went to school together. That was his like. Oh, his that's little, right. Like, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Two of the names on the list were people I went to school with. Oh, seriously, right. I missed that one. Yep. The, I went to school a long time ago, but honestly, if I looked at a list and there were two people I went to school with, I might not recognise the names. I wouldn't have a clue. I went to school with too many people. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't have a clue who I went to school with. But he got there, they recognised him on site, and he's like, hey, I've brought some hospital-grade smack that says good smack, bro. (laughs) It just... I'm sorry, but it's so, like, it just gets me that this guy who's written this, it's like, I'm going to pick a 90s <laughs> reference to a drug and that's what I'm going to call it. It's so, oh, my God, it is just so bad. It's really um, bad. Yeah, hospital-grade smack. 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 <laughs> you sound like a Jimmy Giggle character. Smack. Smack. 
So he's got some hospital grade smack. Um, Here's the problem. You know, sometimes authors can overdo detail. This guy underdoes the detail because he's, he's like, I've got some hospital grade smack. There were three dead bodies now. You're like, oh, okay. okay. Um, like, so you- and shortly after, oh shortly after just in randomly injecting people, it sounds like you'll remember. Oh, you may not remember at all. Um, old movie Puberty Blues. I remember Puberty Blues. Injecting each other in the cinema yeah. <laughs> with drugs. Like, Okay, sorry. Yeah. It was groundbreaking back then. <laughs> Maybe that was his inspiration. Um, we are mercifully near the end. Thank God. <laughs> um, because Nanny goes and sees his other grandmother. His other grandmother. Who I've already forgotten the name of. Loretta? Loretta. Loretta? Loretta. Loretta? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Something, Something. like that. I don't know. Um. <laughs> I mean, yes, sorry, I'm just flicking through the book. Um, um, talking about detail. Haven't you, know, th- uh, after thanking the police officer who waved him through after being told by the commissioner to let him in, um, he took the lift to level 12 of the social housing complex. Okay, who caused that? <laughs> it's, it's like weird detail. And we future books that we look at, there is like a lot of discussion of why that detail? (laughs) Why is that detail important? But, Mm. you know, the actual emotions that the character is is experiencing and helping us sort of, you know, show don't tell is not a, is not a principle that this this, person has engaged at all. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's too much showing of Martin here. Um, (laughs) It's like, here are my my assumptions about these people who I've never met. Um, but he he sneezes due to an allergy, and the allergy seems to be framed very much as like a weakness. I get real like all the way through this. I get real alpha vibes. It's like mm, he's mm. he's a virgin. He's effeminate. This is why mm. he's weak. And you're like mm. uh, okay. He's he's a left wing. Um, yeah, loser who comes from a really uh, well-off background. <laughs> How, his progressive cred is ruined because of his wealthy grandmother. Um, it's because so yes, did you no, know that Loretta, if you grew up wealthy, yes. you're not allowed to be progressive? Mm, mm, mm. I, no, that's right. Yes. All wealthy people are crazy capitalists. I should say all the way through this, there's just references to like the CCP would be proud. Yeah. Yeah. Really odd. <laughs> but um, he then dies, and I've completely forgotten how he dies after sneezing oh, well, on his nana. It, it's, it's because of um, he didn't die of the cold virus, but it did contribute to his death. <laughs> he sneezed while driving past past a red light, not, not through a red light, but, you know, whatever, and a truck hit his car. So uh, rest in peace, Nathan. Right. Yeah. But we do have, yeah. I guess it's kind of like a, an epilogue. Well, you know, the stories continue. It's the, the closure of the bee story. Oh, yeah, that's right. Where We're just closing the loop. We're just closing the loop. <laughs> yeah. that, uh, closing the loop. Dictator Danielle is um, on in front of the deeply press. Deeply relieved. <laughs> deeply relieved. Like all these young people died. She got a hat trick. Three young people died. Um, she's so excited. She's telling the press. And it turns out that Police C- Commissioner Smitten, yeah, I'm trying to figure out who he is. Yeah, I don't know. 
I were like for a while. It's like, is it Sutton? But no, it's not because no. that's Professor Button. Is it? What's his name's? Um, the the commander's. What's his name? Smith. Oh, maybe I don't know. I wouldn't look that up. I think mm. there must be a. There'll be a link. Anyway, there'll be someone. It'll be a play it. on words, but no, no <laughs> resemblance to the actual person. I <laughs> know, no, pure coincidence. Like, mm. The only resemblance is the play on words of the names. Like these people are nothing like the people that they're meant to be. Yeah, let's just oh, 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 yeah. we are we are quite sure that Danielle and Daniel Andrews would celebrate COVID deaths quite sim- differently, yes. not similarly. <laughs> uh, why but not celebrate them at all? It so, is yeah. revealed at the press conference, I think, by Alana Tones that that. Police Commissioner Smitten has revealed that the deaths were actually a deranged serial killer. Yeah, and deranged lunatic. So yeah. she coughs three times and says, everyone here has cold virus 20 and <laughs> runs out of the room. <laughs> need to, yes, that's right. Everyone's going to be a close contact. You all need to visit hotel quarantine. Just visit it. <laughs> and then it's immediately she's on a plane and she's in China and she's talking to Jing she's about Jingxi, um, Jing who's the chairman that yes of the Chinese of the of the CCP. I mm. guess. Um, stop mm. saying uh, he stopped saying CCP now. Um, and he's like, "You did a really good job. We will take Victoria and then Australia." And then he immediately <laughs> tells her that she will be carved up to donate organs to other people. That's this is that's her last important job. She'll become the kidney of his concubine. Mm. Mm. And the liver of his mother. Why does everyone need organs? Her mother. Sorry? Why does everyone need new organs? Well, I just. What's going on? Is it not a criticism of um, the Chinese government with respect oh, like to the organ trade? And Cause there's people, like... people's organs are taken out of Maybe. them forcibly. I feel like there's uh, – uh, Martin, for all of his terrible writing, seems to have really touched on quite a few uh, contemporary issues here's the in thing, Victoria like, and maybe a little bit in China as well. Here's the thing. Every every conspiracy theory has touches of, like, facts that help mm. them. They go, but this part's true, so the rest of it must be. Yeah. And yeah. I think he's, like, really relying heavily on that, although I don't know if he knows which parts are true. <laughs> like my view, vision of going into this was like, oh, it's going to be ridiculous, and this was the first thing we read, and I thought, holy shit! What the, like, this what have we gotten terrible. ourselves into? I know <laughs> we're going to end up on some like hate list. Oh god, I hope not. The the Martin Lundvist fans chasing us down. <laughs> I'm sure we won't. No, look. Hopefully more than just our friends listen to the podcast. <laughs> but if they don't, we might live longer. Um, mm. I I did want to, and I think you did too, to share an excerpt of something I found particularly ridiculous. Mm. Did you want to go um, first? It, I actually, look, I was going to write a few excerpts and I grabbed, I really, I grabbed one that we've actually spoken about. Nathan drove to Loretta's mansion in Turak. It was a blemish on his reputation as a left-wing progressive that his grandmother was wealthy and homophobic. So that was, um, 
it's the, uh, there's uh, so look, much to unpack that, there. This, this uh, attitude of um, relying on stereotypes is something that really Martin relied on in his writing. Oh and yeah, I mean, this should have been called cliche twenty. It was. like even even in that his sort of assumption is that people are not complicated they can't you know love their grandmother but also have issues with some of their some of her Mm. views like which is a reality for most of us i think we all have relatives that were like look i love you and it's great to see you but it's been two hours and i can't take this anymore i'm gonna head off like Mm. You don't sort of sit there going, oh, it's a stain on my reputation. It's like everyone has family that they don't. Uh, yeah, have problematic relationships with. People have friends that they have problematic relationships with. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, people are complicated. People are complicated. Which I think is the problem. Is okay. With this, <laughs> this particular story but is this, everyone yeah. is one dimensional. Oh, yeah. I mean. Everyone's like, this is my, this is my lane and I don't stray. Like. I've never, you know, I, I am left wing and a Marxist, and I believe these particular things, and mm. I believe in communism in its full form, which I think yeah. if you were to actually talk to people, you'd realise that people who talk about communism have sort of views on elements of communism that they think could help society, and elements that maybe can't. And but you know, mm. gone is nuance. Um, so, I mean, for, so for a funny excerpt that was not very funny at all. So, but I just thought this book was so tedious um, and so sarcastic and so racist <laughs> and so homophobic. <laughs> it was just so shit. It was. Um, it was so shit. It was so shit. Um, so on. Anyway, sorry, let's go back to your excerpt. What did you find? So um, mine's from really early in it and I just mm. think it really captures you know how you sort of talked about that kind of stereotype one-dimensional nature in yours? Mm. I think mine captures it. I also think it's hilarious in how <laughs> dumb it is. Um, it's Look, it'll take me a second to read it. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you going to laugh like 50 times? <laughs> I don't know. I think I've like read it enough now that it's kind of I'm desensitised to it. <laughs> Having said this, the doctor rushed off. Realising the pointlessness in arguing with an unemployed radical left-wing hipster and because she actually had a job to do. (laughs) Nathan gave the doctor a death stare and feelings of passive-aggressive progressivism overwhelmed him. Nathan wanted revenge. But how could he make the doctor's life miserable through leveraging the powers of cancel culture? (laughs) The doctor hadn't been racist, homophobic or denying climate change. Downplaying the tragedy of Grandma Emma's death could cause some uproar on Reddit. However, since the doctor had a job, she wouldn't be lurking in the left-wing forums in any case. It's just the stupidest thing I've ever read. Like, it's like I actually loved that. But it's like if your your only knowledge of real people, because cancel culture is not a left-wing thing, it was invented by the right. Like they're the ones that were cancelling every fucking brand that put a rainbow on something and still do. But yeah. like if you just have this kind of 30,000 foot view of humanity, that's what it looks like. Mm. And like, he's just missed all of the nuance. He hasn't made me feel how Martin feels and then shown me that 
I keep calling him Martin. How Nathan feels. <laughs> it's because his name's only used once in the book and I feel like it's like lost yeah, yeah. forever. No, that's true. Um, but he hasn't made me feel how he feels and then shown me how he's a hypocrite. It's just like this oh, guy's no, a hypocrite. You know what? I think he's written it as though he's assuming the reader feels the same way and that we see that Nathan is a hypocrite just because just because he is stating these things and we all accept them as facts. Wealthy. Um, yeah, it's God, it just was so sarcastic. I hated the sarcasm of it. Just it was smarmy. Yeah, it was I a look, smarmy We're book. not his audience, obviously. And I'm sure if he were to stumble upon our criticism, he'd be like, well, they're just lefties and what, what do you expect? No, fuck it. <laughs> um, correct. Correct. <laughs> so I thought, eh, it doesn't, I don't know, should we rate these books as we read them? I guess. Like, should we do, because it's pandemic prose. Oh, yeah, our first season is all about pandemic <laughs> prose. <laughs> Yes, our first season is about pandemics or pandemic prose, the rising literature from um, this kind of. I mean, look, I'm going to say maybe some of these are lockdown inspired Mm. uh, or lockdown driven. Um, So, if you were to give this a rating out of five face masks, how many face masks would you? (laughs) Five face masks. Um, Look, I'll give it. The racism alone is zero face masks. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go with one. Like it was as hideous as the book was. Thank God it was short, but it was readable. <laughs> the and there was grace. a sense of start and finish and middle, um, even though it was terrible. <laughs> it was bonkers. It was I, bonkers, I, yeah. I so do wonder if he'd be proud of, of a maskless rating because it's how he he. <laughs> He'd be presenting himself. I think one, like, if you want to read this, it, I mean, it was free because that was the, like, Amazon for all of its evilness, like, had this thing where the first Kindle ebook you got was free because, like, for the short stories as, like, Mm. a little trial. So we paid nothing for this, which is quite nice. Mm. Um, And so if you want to read something and feel superior, you will. Because mm. it's bad and you'll feel like you're really smart compared to this person. So, yeah, you know, one face mask. <laughs> yeah, I've not come away feeling enriched in any way. No. No. But that's why it's the lowbrow Maybe lowdown. none of the books we're reading will make us feel that way. So I should seek that elsewhere. <laughs> I don't know. We might run into something. You never know. Coronavirus mm. King Club will come up later in the season. <laughs> Cannot wait. Cannot wait. I just, because I can almost guarantee it was written by somebody who knows nothing about kink. <laughs> I feel like I need to do some research beforehand. Your Google search <laughs> history is going to be screwed. Oh, look, <laughs> this podcast is going to kill my Amazon reader um, suggested reads algorithm. Unless you find that you've like, oh, actually, I'm kind of into this. <laughs> Man, how could you? <laughs> well, <sighs> sorry. So, how many masks? How many face I, masks? I think one. One is enough. Like it. It's it's like half to one. Mm-hmm. It was mm. mercifully short, and 
for his even for his weird writing style it was readable like I wasn't sitting yeah. there going oh I can't follow this it's he doesn't needlessly use adverbs he's like no that's true you mm. know very direct writing which is a good thing yeah mm. I don't know it was there there are better books that we're going to cover in this that you should read before you read this one <laughs> yes um all right well it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, stay safe, everyone. We'll see you yeah. next week for another installment of the low brow lowdown. I'm oh. going to have to get better I'm at gonna saying that. Down, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say lockdown, aren't we? Yeah, I'm going to say the lockdown lowdown. Um, oh, see, I'm going to say the lowdown lockdown. Oh. <laughs> just... Together we'll just be the lockdown lockdown. Um, <laughs> so bye, everyone. Brown. All right. <laughs>